We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weather back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Hammond, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me today, Fox 40, Sean Cunningham. Sean, how are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm uh, wanting to hear all about your Mexico trip, though. Oh. Because you, yes. you, you had a time. I did. I did have a girl about your Mexico trip, though. Uh-oh. Oh, we just, cool echo. You had a, you had oh. a time. Hey, that's uh, me. I did have a girl about your uh, you know what? That's cool my echo. fault. There we go. Well, it's not my fault. There we go. Uh, that's unusual. I had the YouTube channel opened up and it went live on my own laptop. Nice. Um, okay. And of course, we have uh, Brendan Nunes from the King's Bulls podcast. Brendan, how are you? I am doing well. Um, starting off in a Sean way, talking about the weather, but I hate this heat. It oh, I is. Love it. No, it's too aggressive. I'm I'm a walker, and right now, after 10 o'clock, I'm like not allowed to step out my front door, so not a fan. But I also want to hear about the Mexico trip, for what it's worth, James. Okay, well, we'll start with the Mexico trip, is that uh, my two friends here are both getting shot glasses. Ooh, and huh. they're, cool, they're cool shot glasses that have earphones. Oh. The skulls have oh. earphones because, of course, we're podcast friends. Um, so shot glasses for like my me. friends. It does look uh, like you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Mexico was amazing. Um, I hadn't been to Puerto Vallarta before. Uh, we went with some friends, some friends that have timeshares. Um, okay, so there's that that old adage like don't don't buy a boat, uh, get a friend with a boat, right? Yeah, and you've got uh, like nine of them. Yeah, so you guys have a friend with a boat. I have a new one for you. It's uh, don't uh don't buy a timeshare just have friends with timeshares because we have friends with timeshares and uh it was wild 
And like, your friends are my friends and my yeah. friends are your friends. Let's yeah. go to Mexico. Yeah. We had like a 2,400 square foot, three bedroom condo overlooking the ocean uh, for seven days. So yeah, it, it, it was nice. It was nice. So we had, we had our own hot tub. It was cool. Uh, nicest vacation. I have, uh, I have been nicest that type of vacation that I've been on. So I don't um, know what that means. Nice that as kind, in like five star, like it, that's what it felt like five star. Like we had all inclusive cool. and uh, we ate and drank all day long every day. And uh, we had a good time. Um, and then uh, we couldn't get in the ocean. I don't go in the ocean anyways, uh, but we couldn't get in the ocean a couple of days because of crocodiles. So I didn't know that crocodiles uh, sometimes get loose in the, in the bay and so yeah that was kind of strange um yeah anyway uh it, it was uh it was a good trip it was a good trip with the family we brought some extra boys uh some of my older son's friends with us uh and we were there with another group of another family so it was fun stuff so uh, but the wi-fi was horrible much like my wi-fi might be today at my house i don't know uh so hopefully it holds on um Anyway, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, before we get to that, let's uh, let's do some basics. Uh, number one, um, if you're watching here on YouTube, uh, jump on uh, board with a well, give us a thumbs up and uh, subscribe. We're almost to three thousand uh, subscribers. Like we could get there today if everyone is, who's watching subscribes. You also cannot uh, comment. Oh, maybe you can today. Maybe I didn't change that. Normally, you can't comment. If, uh, if I, uh, click a little button, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, um, but we're doing a lot of work here. I apologize. We did not do a podcast last week. Um, I had spotty internet here and there. I did go on the radio one time, but it was a quick hit. Uh, and I was wearing a sombrero. Um, so, or a big oh, wow. hat, not quite a sombrero, but a big hat. Um, outside of that, uh, jump on board with the King's beat. We're doing a ton of crazy work over there. Um, breaking news and keeping you updated on everything that is happening with the Sacramento Kings, uh, become a premium subscriber. So you get access to everything. I left a bunch of stuff unlocked this, uh, last week because I want everyone to be able to get in on the free agent stuff. Uh, so make sure that you guys, uh, you know, jump on board and, and support the cause. Um, we're going to hang out tomorrow guys. We've got California classic. We might as well start there. Are you guys excited to, uh, get back to the arena, get back to, uh, the sweltering heat of Sacramento and, and watch some well, um, it's, suspect it's, basketball. It's cool in the building. You're not going to put up with the heat. I mean, you're in the heat for like not even five minutes. That's not so bad. <laughs> uh, the building is going to be immaculate and atmosphere and temperature climate control and all that kind of stuff will be fantastic. Mm -hmm. So the basketball will probably be really shitty, but uh, that's summer league basketball. It's, it's, you know, it's fun. It can be fun. Um, you get to learn a little bit about some guys. So yeah, I want to see these two new draft picks. Want to see, you know, Keegan Murray play and see how he meshes with some of these guys and see what type of different role he plays. So there's a lot I'll be looking forward to and seeing uh, even Luke Laux on the sideline as a head coach. So uh, the first two days of minicamp really only got to see one day, uh, and that was uh, kind of fun. But um, yeah, Brendan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm. I enjoyed watching some of the Stockton games last year and kind of the developmental guys. And I think that this is an opportunity, you know, if you want to start with 
Keegan, who it sounds like will play at least Cal Classic and then they'll reevaluate for Vegas. Um, but this is a guy that shot like one pull up jumper per game last year. He could get a lot more opportunity to play on the ball, initiate the offense in a couple games here. And then, of course, some of the guys that you're bringing back are interesting as well. Kessler Edwards, um, you're two ways from last year, Keon Nimi. And I think there's guys towards the end that are interesting as well. Like Jake Stevens catches a lot of people's eye. Um, Soli Boom, I hope is how you say this, is Colby Jones' teammate at Xavier. He was his backcourt partner who shoots the heck out the ball. So um, it's fun. I, I think that I like watching some of these up up and coming guys trying to fill a new role. I remember, I think the first summer league I watched like Bam Adebayo was in year two and he's playing point guard. And that was his first glimpse at like, okay, the playmaking that's there. So I think people that get on Keegan, like I, I do think it's a good opportunity in a limited, uh, as long as you're not running them too hard. Hmm. Yeah. Um, are we going to get to see any of the big name? Well, I mean, we know Victor women Yama won't be there, but uh, what are we thinking about the other top tier picks? I honestly hadn't heard uh, anything other outside of uh, women Yama. So, um, you know, I think, I think they'll be in the building. I think you'll probably see, I think that the plan would be to have one of them play, have Miller and some of those other guys play like at least one game uh, before they all go out to Vegas beginning on Friday. So um, obviously they're going to run it back with the, the Hornets and the uh, Spurs on Friday in Vegas. So uh, I, hopefully they'll get one game in that Sacramento can see so at least Brandon Miller. Yeah, I, I was going to ask too. Um, the at Stockton last year, the point guard, the local kid, who really had a really Jordan Ford. Season. Yeah, yeah. How old is Jordan Ford? Twenty. Mm, I'll look that up real quick. Twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, he's in. I, I, he's in five? a nice little range. Twenty five. Okay, twenty five. I'm wondering. This is kind of a strange question, but do you think that there's potential for someone like him to maybe earn a, a two way? out of this with the with this year you can have three two-way contracts but my thought would be is if the kings don't bring in a natural third point guard maybe they could cover that by by signing a two-way guy to uh, that can play point guard uh leaving him in stock to most of the season but when you have injury issues maybe you could pull him up i don't know it seems like he he really played well in his uh his season at, at stockton Am yeah and they won yeah, and they want and Luke Lauks talked about that just the other day using the Gabe Vincent uh, model and and his journey as something to compare to with Jordan Ford. So um, that's certainly his goal, be it Sacramento or otherwise, go to a place where he can, you know, make an impact. Uh, this summer league is going to be so huge for him. Um, you know, he might be he might be destined to go back to the G League. He might be fortunate enough to grab a a, a two way contract. I think that might start possibility with a. Um, training camp invite, something like that, whether it be in Sacramento or elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and Brendan, we were talking about this before we got on. Um, the Kings have all of these, you know, they've got Adams Lawson, they've got uh, Colby Jones, they've got Keon Ellis, they've got Namias Keda. What are they, what do you think that they're going to do with the two way contract? I mean, it, it seems like an interesting question now because you do get three of them and you can't fit all of these guys on the roster. Um, so, like, do you think that there's potential for some of these guys to be back on two ways or, or for any of these guys to be on two ways? Yeah, I think Keon Ellis makes a lot of sense. I think he's somebody that, you know, showed some promise last year, but needs more time to, I mean, I think put on some strength would be pretty big for Keon and, and kind of just continue to develop his game before I, I think he's ready. Um, I think Jalen Slauson is another one, right? Just 54th pick. 
pretty raw. I think giving them time to adjust to, you know, what Sacramento wants from getting a taste of being around the, the main squad and trying to get a feel for maybe what their role in the NBA would be. And then performing that at Stockton for Slauson makes sense. And then after that's where it gets tricky. Like I would probably think Colby Jones is a roster spot. Um, and then maybe you're talking about Kata here and Kata has one more year. I believe of being eligible for a two way with Sacramento and Len was just signed as the backup, but maybe this is a year where Kata's on the two way and he spends more time with Sacramento than Stockton this time. And, and he gets a little bit more opportunity. So Slauson and Ellis are the two obvious ones to me. And then after that, I'm a little unsure. I don't hate the idea of Jordan Ford. I, I thought Jordan Ford was really, really good last year. He's a great three point shooter and consistently has been uh, play makes finishes. Well, almost like, I'd imagine his NBA role almost being like Yogi Ferrell-ish. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think the Kings are going to take the opportunity at Summer League to to look at some of these guys to maybe address some of the... the like... Oh, there it is. There it is. I'm not blaming the Mexican Wi-Fi. I'm blaming <laughs> James's Wi-Fi. He warned He'll us. back. You know, uh, thinking about that too, um, one of the things to look out for in summer league, as we talk about possibility of someone like Jordan Ford, um, you know, kind of latching on or being that point guard role is they're having a lot of guys. I mean, obviously Kobe Jones is somebody that they're high on with his playmaking. You saw Slauson bring the ball up quite a bit. Um, and they want Keegan Marie to do the same, play the De'Aaron Fox role on this team in summer league. So I think they want to have playmaking at multitude of positions and, uh, there's some worthy candidates. It'll be interesting to see how, how even somebody like Chris Duarte can kind of fit into that once that trade becomes finalized. Um, so it'll be fun as our layout goes weird. Oh can't yeah. Even see us right now, but at Do, least the audio people can still hear us. Does, um, does summer league almost sort of work as a G league tryout? I feel like, you know, yeah. last year, a lot of the guys ended up translating over this year. There's a lot of returns, but then a lot of new faces too. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And and you saw people like, uh, especially with other teams, really. Um, this this year, you've got a couple of familiar faces. The Alex, uh, you know, like Alex O'Connell, um, uh, Comanche. Uh, there, I think there's two or three others, but it's kind of nice to see at least some continuity and some camaraderie and and people that have that familiarity with one another, um, and, and see how it translates to other guys that have a little bit more of the NBA experience. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was interesting to see someone like Kessler Edwards talk about how this is going to be his third summer league. And typically you don't see a player play that often in that many summer leagues. So he might be somebody like Keegan Murray, where maybe he doesn't play the entire uh, trip, but having, having, being around the, the camp and being able to practice with these guys will, will be uh, more impactful than really them playing in games. I don't know that they're, that him playing in the entire schedule is something that they have circled on their calendar or anything like that, but it's definitely going to be a fluid situation for those guys. Hi, James. I'm back. Sorry. Wi Fi is all over the board this morning. Sorry. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, well, this is. afternoon. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I've stop actually... streaming in the other room. <laughs> yeah, I've switched to my um, to my phone. Just hopefully that will work. I, I don't know. I don't usually have this many issues, especially on the weekends. Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I'm not sure where you guys were, but uh, I think we've got a lot to talk about either way. 
Um, Monty McNair has been crazy busy. Uh, we heard maintain and improve. And let's just start there. Did uh, do you feel like over the last uh, the last three days, four days, uh, maintain and improve has happened? Uh, we have all kinds of craziness. I'll just rattle them off, and we'll get into each of them. Demonis Sabonis is signing a new massive two hundred seventeen million dollar extension. It's really not two hundred seventeen million bucks. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, it's it's more like twenty nine point seven million. Uh, bumped up and then he'll start making huge chunks of change in the coming years. Uh, so that's a big one, $195 uh, million in new money. Uh, Harrison Barnes returns on a three-year, what is it, $54 million. Uh, Trey Lyles, two years at $8 million. Sasha Vazenkov comes over, three years, $20 million. Uh, Kings make a trade for Chris Duarte. Um, Alex Len back for a one-year deal. Uh, the Kings have been busy. Uh, how confident are you guys that this is a a maintain and improve situation? You definitely check the first box. Um, maintain is is the obvious one that was accomplished here. And I, I think that you're betting on internal improvement. Um, well, I guess I'll start by saying, say that Duarte fills your Terrence Davis role. In my mind, that's an improvement. I think that Duarte mm -hmm. is... Um, plays within himself a little bit more and does have some intriguing moments defensively. Uh, my understanding of Duarte is somebody that has a really good relationship with Domas. Some of the Portland people, or I'm sorry, Indiana people shared that, you know, they were speaking Spanish to each other on the court. I think they have a good relationship um, with each other, but I, I think that he's an upgrade over TD. And then if you look at your four depth being say Murray Lyles and Zenkov and Sasha pretty much replacing Mezzi in this case, I think that's a improvement. So I, I think that you did get improvement on the depth, um, but overall you're kind of staying the same here and betting on internal improvement. The way that this team takes its next jump um, is by getting another level of play from De'Aaron Fox or from Keegan Murray, or maybe DeMontis Sabonis. You know, I think Kevin Hurd or Malik Monk are both young as well. So um, they still can go make a swing for another guy. But in my mind, I kind of interpret it as, the guy wasn't available right now. And while they mention um, maintain, improve a lot, the other wording that I, I catch a lot is aggressive yet discipline. And I think that this is one of those discipline moments where the guy maybe wasn't available that they thought would take this team to the next level at the price that they thought was fair and therefore decided to um, go back with what they know worked. Like it, I get why running it back can be frustrating, but you look back at last year, it was a really successful season. These guys got their first taste of postseason, and they're a fairly young group. Sean. Yeah, they, they definitely maintained and improved. And I know, I think a lot of fans from what, at least the, you know, everyone's vocal on the social medias. So the people who are typically uh, unhappy will, will bubble to the top a little bit. And, um, I, I don't think anyone should be surprised by uh, them having certain like guys like Harrison Barnes, Trey Lyles back, um, especially when you start to look. I think Brendan alluded alluded to this with the being uh, aggressive but disciplined and not having the guy out there. It's like, well, no, there's certainly guys that could have filled a role and could have been an upgrade. But when you look at the massive money that was going for some of those guys, would it have been worth it? Um, you know, the, the the interesting thing about having somebody like Harrison Barnes back at the money that you have him, having somebody like Trey Lyles back at the money that you have him, 
is is it's certainly manageable. You know, you're not talking about four or five year contracts. You're talking about three years at right around 18 per for someone like Harrison Barnes. And these are movable. You know, if there becomes a, a, a trade in the future where you feel you can get better, um, you have some movable pieces still. And I think that's attractive, especially now that you've got the ultimate prize of the offseason, which is getting the extension for Demonis Sabonis. That is far and away the, the the biggest move that they could have made and makes this uh, offseason an A+. So kudos to them. I think they should be popping bottles in that uh, front office once they were able to put uh, that, ex- that renegotiate and extension deal together. Um, and Domas taking less money uh, that, that because, you know, and, and really kind of buying in uh, to keep him and Fox together. And uh, that, that to me is the, is the biggest uh, accomplishment of their off season. And they've been very savvy in the way they've done things. So yeah, while I might've expected a, a, a different name or two, um, you probably shouldn't have, cause it's not like you were hearing anything outside of that. Like, yeah, they're going to be aggressive. They're going to try and attach names to things, but you see, the likes of Jeremy Grant get what he did. And, you know, Kyle Kuzma not really get the 30 million that a lot of people thought he might get. Uh, there's some Fred Van Vliet who has just in one of the most extraordinary contracts that I think I've seen in recent memory. Um, the, the, the money's out there, man. And uh, I think they were looking ahead to what lies, you know, the continuity, keeping everybody together, running back with, with what they've done in the, in the three seed in the West, but also being able to improve. I think Dorte is a massive pickup guys. I think, I mean, we knew we already had, had uh, we already had Sasha Vezinkov kind of circled and, and penciled in on this roster. So um, they're, they're really counting on that to, to pay dividends as well. So yeah, there's some moves that they can probably still make. Um, but overall, I think it's a pretty successful off season. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm going to get to the, the Sabonis deal first. Um, Sean said something there that is something that, um, that Adrian Wojnarowski has put out there that, that Domanis Sabonis left some money on the table. Um, I'm not quite sure what they mean by that. Uh, and, and I'm one who number one was like all over this story. Like two months ago, we started talking about this. But then last week I heard that they had started having this discussion, which we already talked about. Um, so his contract, he he got boosted to 29.7. It goes 41.6, 44.9, 48.5, and 52.4 for a total of 217 million over the five years. Uh, it's $195 million in new money, which is what we were talking about, right? Um, the maximum that Sabonis can get from what I know is like 42.8. So maybe he left like $1.2 million in the starting money. And then, so maybe he left 5 million over the course of, um, over the course of the, the four year extension on the table. Uh, but the only other way that he would have made more money is if he rolled the dice and waited till like summer, then he could have got a lot more money and he could have got another year on top of his deal, but he also would have had to pay for $22 million this year. So I'm not quite sure what the, the big, he, he was so generous and left some money on the table uh, because I don't really see it. I don't, you know, when we're talking about 215, 217 million bucks, um, I'm not going to really give a guy a pat on the back for leaving three or four or $5 million on the table. I, does that make sense to you guys? I, Cause I'm, I'm slightly confused by, 
by that line of that that I, again I, it's what i read well, a lot of it comes out of the cap from this season you know to be able to you to up the money that he'll make this year um and we'll see how that how the money is spread out but i think just the taking away the ability to make more money as an unrestricted free agent is is all that that means yeah okay i, I mean i i think that that's true like but he also would have risked a whole lot going in through an entire season and hoping that you know, no injuries happen. Nothing else happens. This is kind of like, for me, it was a no brainer early on when you start looking at the high dollar figure. Um, but of course he could have got another year if he waited until next summer. It, to me, it felt like the way it's written was that he's saving them money this year, which he's not really saving them money this year. He, he basically got as much as he could possibly get out of this extension without, you know, a little bit on that, on the back end. Um, but either way, I think it's a brilliant like stroke of genius move. I mean, basically you're able to trade the 24th pick uh, for 25 million bucks. Um, that's basically what you in cap space over two years and the 12 million here, it freed up like the ability to go out and do this to, to get Sabonis locked up and to compete all of the uh, complete, all of these other transactions. And I also think like the way that this works out for the Kings is so interesting, like from the cap side, so the way that you look at Sabonis getting extra money, um, but then Lyle's only basically having a $3.4 million cap hold, but then getting him for like, you know, 8 million bucks. Uh, Sasha, they're using on the room exception, so he doesn't really count. Alex Len, they're getting on a veteran's minimum, so he doesn't really count. Um, the way that they've mapped out their salary cap space in order to spend all of this money is is like really, really high level and incredible like capology stuff uh, that like hats off to those guys for really thinking through, like we talked about it last time, you know, the two buckets, right. The TPE, the MLE and all those things versus being a cap space team. And what they're able to do is be like a room, a cap space room team and just spend so efficiently and, and do everything like that, that made a lot of sense. Did they get a big name player that wasn't already on the roster? Not really, but I, I still really enjoy like what they've done. Like I, I did not think I would feel this way at the end of it. If this is all that happened, but the Duarte edition, the, you know, so landing Sasha, like all of these things that actually mean something to the team, I think were really, really strong. Uh, so I do agree that it was, was a maintain and improve situation. And you still have like what Brennan said, you have plenty of opportunity for this team to, to grow organically, not only as like a whole, but also for, individual players to step up and become better. And so people who are worried about maybe Harrison Barnes decline, well, you're going to see as Harrison Barnes might decline a little bit over the next one, two, three years, you're going to see Keegan Murray start to pick up his game and start to increase who he is as a player and cover some of that decline. And again, Sasha Vazenkov, I compare him to like worst case scenario, Davis Bertons, who's making $17 million a year. And so you're getting like an elite stretch four, an elite shooting stretch four, not an elite stretch four, but shooting stretch four for like a bargain basement price. And I, I thought it might come in a little lower than that, but I still thought it was really good value. So I, I was impressed. And and I even like, what do you guys think of the Trey Lyles deal? Because he's the one that, um, you know, has professed his love to Sacramento and uh, like wanted to come back so bad. And then like, Initially, like I, first of all, I had, uh, I had that deal like the night before 
but the numbers didn't make sense. And they ended up coming down off of the numbers that I was originally hearing. But I think it's a pretty strong deal to your $16 million deal for Trey. Yeah, it's a, uh... They, they know what to expect from him. You know, they wanted the continuity. They saw an upside with him. Uh, he fit this team remarkably well, and especially when they go small. Um, I still feel like they there's some work to be done around him, but uh, him coming back at that money, um, you know, it was 2.5 like last year, and be able to turn that into an $8 million deal is uh, good for him, and I think, you know, manageable for the Kings especially. I don't think it's an overpay. I think um, – I think that's going to be a, a move that's just going to be one of those solid, solid moves that, that they made. And if he can duplicate what he did last year, it'll be a massive success. I mean, this Brent. is a guy that was, you know, playing in the in the postseason for this team. So I think that eight million a year is good value for him. Um, I, I do have questions of um, sort of opportunity cost because I feel like there's positional overlap with him and Sasha, and it, it just leads to some questions for me of like, are you thinking of Lyles at the back of five, maybe a bit again, you know, I liked that look last year, but that was more so I think the best of limited options rather than maybe something that you build with uh, having that in mind. So I think there is some questions there for me of what is this going to look like? And, you know, they, they still can bring another guy on. So maybe that clears things up a little bit, but I, I think that, contractually that's great value for Lyles he was an important piece to this team um, wanting to be here like you know the chemistry you can kind of just roll your eyes at but I do think there's value in that there's going to be times where you know beginning of the year the Kings could be rolling because they have this continuity and this familiarity with each other as well other teams figure it out um, so I like Lyles it's just with Sasha I'm interested to see how it looks yeah, I think that's the biggest question. Is Lyles your backup five? Because as of right now, it kind of feels like he is. And then I would say, like, look, if we're looking at the way you you only need someone playing, you know, 13, 14 minutes a game behind Sabonis, the fact that Lyles can play alongside Sabonis is big. Uh, Sabonis, I mean, the, Lyles can pass, he can shoot, um, he can rebound, he can do just about everything. He's a really, really high basketball EQ player. I think that he will slide into the small ball five position and play a lot uh, at the at the five for the Kings this year. Um, and then I, I would even look at the way, you know, they brought Alex Len back, but Alex Len, I mean, he played like 162 minutes all of last season. I was surprised at, that uh, they they did bring him back. And uh, But I also look at like the Namias Keita thing. Is it possible that they'll give Namias Keita an opportunity to fight it out for the third center job on this team during training camp? And then see how it goes from there, because I think that that's a distinct possibility that, um, you know, he's still an option to bring back. They did pick up his qualifying offer at two million bucks. And if you bring him back and you have him on the main the main roster, you could use him in a way that, you know, they kind of used uh, Len last year where, you know, as like the break in case of emergency guy or they could legitimately give him a shot like against bigger players. And if he fails. They've got Len as sort of the fallback again, who proved to be, I think the one thing I'll keep saying about Alex Len, he was such a pro's pro last year, right? Like he didn't complain at all. Like I, I talked to him about it a couple of times. He's like, look, I, like we're winning. I'm not going to complain. He's like, I love this group of guys. I'm having a good time. I 
we're, you know, I'm traveling with the team where everything's going well. I'm healthy. He's like, would I like to play more? Sure. I'd like to play. Everyone wants to play more. He's like, but like, I know my role, my, my role is to be a pro here. And, and the coaches said it from top to bottom. Like he shows up early. He works hard. He's always in the gym. He's doing the work. He's being an example. Um, so I didn't mind the Alex Lynn thing. I just would have probably preferred that they chase Mason Plumley, Like I've tried to get them to do for the last two years. Um, I, I thought that that would have made sense as well. Uh, do you think that they're done there at the five, Sean? Uh, I probably wouldn't bet on it, but um, I th- I think they're still going to probably take a swing at, at trying to fortify that position. But if at worst case you've got Alex Len and uh, you mentioned the small ball five with Lyles, um, you know, see how Kata factors in there too, uh, if at all. Um, there's there, you know, if, if at worst case that you already know what that looks like for to a degree. So, um, it, with the exception of not really knowing how Kata can fit in an NBA roster, I think that would be the the biggest uh, biggest question mark there. But with Alex Len, I mean he's a professional, you know, he's a professional basketball player. He knows what role that he has and he's willing to serve that role again. And he's there in case you need him. Uh, you know, he was, he had some impactful moments, but by and large, I mean, he is what he is, you know? So it's, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think you can, you couldn't should, should do better at that position, but if, if, if it, nothing, if nothing more, I mean, you know what that looks like. Yeah, and Brennan, you talked about the positional overlap. Do you think that Sasha and Trey can be like a solid combo off the bench? I mean, they can score the crap out of the ball. They both can shoot. They can put the ball on the floor. I think they're decent rebounders. They're they're smart. And so I think that can be a 4-5. Um, I'm at 13 players on the roster, if you count PJ, um, and not have kobe jones say that kobe jones is a two-way right um or if kobe jones slots in then you're at 14 i i think he'll be a roster player okay which would make sense to me um one spot left like there's wing depth and there's this five conversation i would go with the five i uh personally don't love the idea of relying on kata i think that there could be something there but relying on it is questionable and len um you know, was limited at times last year. Like I, I was surprised by the decision to bring him back, but if they bring in another guy, I think that um, it would make sense. But if you say that they are only one guy left that they're looking to bring in, I would look towards center as the primary priority for me at this point. Sean, he brought up PJ, uh, PJ Dozier, the Kings have until the 10th to make a decision on his uh, team option. It's, I think it's 2.4 million bucks. It's a minimum uh, scale deal but what do you think because at, initially I was like oh they probably won't keep PJ Dozier um, but then when you look at sort of the need of this team you're thinking okay they could use a defensive minded guy who can shoot the three a little bit at, as like the third point guard could PJ Dozier fit the mold as a big backup point guard we saw him as a playmaker last year he's had playmaking ability in the past and either way, you're looking at your backup uh, point guard position as someone like Matthew Delavadova, who they had last year, who did end up playing here and there, which was, I think, is a shock to all of us. But even when he did play, I thought the team was better served by not having him bring the ball up and just handing the ball to Malik Monk and having someone play off of Monk as that backup point guard. Uh, so what are your thoughts on PJ? And do you think that there's a shot that he comes back? 
Yeah, I think there's a shot. Um, <clears throat> I, I asked myself that question a lot, wondering if just with the with the picks that they made in the second round, realizing that someone like Colby Jones might be a you know likely of a roster player, and how that could affect uh, PJ's standing on this team. But again, a six six point guard, really. It, I mean, just having that length and let's face it, his experience. I mean, he's a little bit older. Um, a guy who has seen a lot of things, played on playoff teams. So uh, I think if you can, I don't think it's going to cost that much. Um, obviously, with the, with the option there, uh, if he's willing to accept that type of role uh, and maybe come to life in training camp, he's not on the. He's not going to be on this uh, summer league roster unless they, you know, guarantee the money and then try to add him to the Vegas one. I don't see that happening because these summer league rosters are very much in flux. You might see some guys in California classic and then not play in Vegas and then add new players for Vegas. Um, they're all subject to change. So um, I don't think that's the route they would go, but yeah, I could, I could see PJ Dozier being guaranteed and, and try to fit him into that, into that mold, especially with a lot of these, a lot of these point guards getting kind of big paydays, I think, to get him around $2 million uh, would be an option you're willing to take. And if you can upgrade later on, certainly either package him in that move or or if even if you have to, you know, kind of eat that money, wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, someone brings up Mo Bamba in, in the chat. Like, why not give a guy like Mo Bamba an opportunity? Um, I, to be honest with you, like, if, if Mo Bamba wants to play for the minimum, I would bring him in and have him compete with Keda and see who wins. Um, that's that to me is like, okay, uh, Mobamba really hasn't proven that he's much of an NBA player yet. And uh, you know, he can block shots. He can hit the three, but he couldn't beat out bull bull last season uh, for minutes in Orlando. I mean, and he hasn't been able to earn a, a spot on like a 25 to 33 win Orlando magic team over the last five years, four years. So, uh, like, I'm not considering him as like some sort of nugget that you're, you, you might stumble upon something. Um, but I, I still think that he, he would be intriguing. Um, what are your thoughts, Brennan? Yeah, I guess. Um, it, it what, feels... what about Nerlens? What about Nerlens? I mean, if he's out there, <laughs> get it done yesterday. Um, wow. No, I, I mean, like, Mo Palma doesn't really do anything for it. It feels like the Kata thing again. Um, that's kind of your younger upside swing. And to me, if you're going to go and uh, spend some money on a guy in this spot that maybe try to look for somebody a little bit more established, um, I got to go back again and look through exactly what names are available. But like, a, you know, Robin Lopez is kind of similar to, to, um, Alex Len. Um, but I, I don't know. I think there's some intriguing options. Is, is Dario Saric a backup five that could be interesting? Is that too similar to Trey Lyles? Like, I don't know. I'd rather try to look in a little bit of a safer direction. Mobamba just hasn't shown anything to me. He's been all hypothetical and got a song about him and people love him. And I just don't think he's great. Yeah. And I'll say this too. Right now, as we sit, I have the Kings at. $4.5 million in cap space. And I believe that was without PJ Dozier. So if they waive PJ Dozier, I have them at 4.5 million. Um, they could even waive PJ Dozier and then come back to PJ Dozier later. Uh, and I know that sounds strange, but you can, in order to use him as not a cap space person, but as a, uh, 
you can sign him at a veteran's minimum, which is what the Kings are doing with Alex Len at 3.2 million. Um, but 4.5 million. And if you were to sign Keon Ellis to a, to a two way deal, then you could get back up to like 6.3 million. Now you're starting to look at money that could be used for a player. I mean, I think, uh, again, Plumley made like seven, eight million bucks last year. Um, you know, Christian Wood is still sitting there waiting for someone to call. And who knows if that's someone that, that, that could actually, you know, sort of rebuild his value after a strange season in Dallas. Uh, and maybe he would take less money to play for a winner. Uh, that's something that like I would kick the tires on it and keep looking for players like that. Uh, Andre Dr- Drummond, someone brings up in the chat. I think Andre Drummond uh, went back. Didn't he go back to Chicago? Yeah, he, did. he picked up his, his team option. Not that you couldn't trade for Andre Drummond because I think that they would trade. They would trade him with no some, question. Some of the other names I see were just real quick. Bismack Biombo, um, Gorgie Dang, Willie Hernan Gomez. Uh, I would have liked, you know, bringing Damian Jones back Bo before Cruz. he got moved. No, it's that's the other uh, the other ones. Juan Herman Gomez. Give me yeah. Where where is Damian Jones? I like Damian Jones. He just got traded to Cleveland. Yes. Oh. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. You know, I I like him. Uh. Someone asked, "Is TD gone?" Um. Scott. uh, Scott. Scout. Uh, Scout. Oh, my bad. Scout. Yes. Um. uh, Yeah. But TD's pretty much gone. Um. I heard that early on. The Kings had some discussions with him and like the, like right after the season, but they've been kind of quiet with him since. Uh, he's got some teams that are looking at him, uh, including was it the Boston Celtics. There's a couple of teams that were looking at him. Um, whether he lands a, a, you know, guaranteed contract or not, I'm not sure, but uh, I would say that he's gone because that's why they went out and got uh, Duarte. Now, Sean, you brought up Duarte and just how much you think he'll fit. What is it about about uh, Duarte that you like? Because I was harsh on him two years ago in the draft. Like, why would the Kings go after like a 24-year-old rookie? But uh, that was two years ago, and now the Kings are a team that has all 24 and 26 years old, uh, 26 year old players. They don't need a super young player to add to that spot, and Duarte all of a sudden goes from a guy who is too old to be a rookie to not so bad to have as a 26 year old uh, third year player who I think he's like, I did the math. I think he was like 27 days younger than Terrence Davis. Yeah. Uh, well, I, the one thing I like, I, I love his physicality. I, I love this guy's hustle. Um, I think uh, for whatever reason, it didn't really work last year much. And, you know, he's plagued by an ankle injury. I think the, addition of uh, Tyrese Halliburton at times took the ball out of his hands. So uh, there was a little bit of an adjustment. I think he plays really well with a big, uh, you saw that with Sabonis. You saw that with uh, his rookie year in, uh, in Indiana, he was part of the all rookie team. I mean, this guy uh, really looked a lot different last year and I'm willing to give him the excuse of having that, uh, that, that ankle injury, having some different, type of role and having to adjust. I mean, certainly people remember what deer and Fox looked like when you brought in, uh, when you had Sabonis and it didn't quite, or excuse me, when you brought in uh, Tyrese Halliburton and it didn't quite, you know, gel. And I think you can kind of use that a little bit as a, as a kind of a barometer. And when you couple that with the ankle injury, get him back with Sabonis, get him back with a 
free flowing offense that really would value something that he brings in terms of defense, defense and physicality and hustle and heart. And I think he could be a type of player that uh, really becomes kind of a fan favorite for some of the tenacity that he can show on the court. I'm with Sean for the most part. I'm definitely getting to know Duarte a little bit better within these last handful of days. Um, I think there definitely was a substantial difference playing off of Domas versus not having that sort of big to play off of. Um, I think that there's a little bit maybe more mid-range shots than I love, but he knocks him down. And I, I think that he's a good shooter, better than what that 31% last year was. Um, playing off of guys like De'Aaron and Domas should help him a lot. But I, I think the biggest thing for me is like, if he doesn't work, so what this was this cost you very little there was practically right. no risk involved here you um do, I, do we know what the picks were or pick picks? well i don't i mean this trade isn't even finalized yet i mean this is something that you know could could evolve a little bit and be a fluid situation but the other can i just point out too another thing that i just love about Dorte. uh this team is desperate for a good free throw shooter and he kind of fits that checks that box too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like him as a player. I mean, to be honest, I like, I always compare I com- coming out of college. I compared him to Dylan Brooks. He does have a lot of similar play style, like, but uh, he's more under control than Dylan Brooks. He's not taking a ton of hor- horrible shots. Um, you know, he rebounds well, he can be used as a secondary playmaker, um defensively he's good i think he averaged a steal per game even though he was limited in his in his minutes on the floor you gotta worry a little bit about the injuries which just kind of kept snowballing on him uh you know he had an ankle injury and then he came back from that and had more of a, a reaction to it so there was like uh, a lot of issue with like getting him on the floor but i also think that like sean your point to De'Aaron fox and tyrese halliburton it's really difficult to adjust to playing with those two different types of players with playing yeah. with a guy like Sabonis versus playing with a guy like Tyrese, like for big men, I think it's easy to play with Tyrese because the role to the basket stuff is really, really fun. Like he's so creative. Um, but for guards and wings who also like to create and like to do other things, it's not as easy. So uh, I'm intrigued to see how he looks with Sabonis. We, Remember when uh, the Kings traded for Sabonis, they also got Holiday in that deal. And you remember the stats, Brennan, about Holiday's three-point shooting off of Sabonis? And Duarte sort of has the same exact thing. He was so good off of playing off of Sabonis, and I think that that's something we'll see in Sacramento a lot as well. Um, you know, okay. you also get another member of Canada for Trey Lyles. I think that's a oh, and Jordy, familiarity there. Yeah. Um, and of course, Jordy Fernandez just took over Team Canada, right. and Jay Triano, I think, is going to be—he's still part of the program there. Oh, um, we still get the Jay Triano fake passes and warmups with Len. There we go. <laughs> Triano always has these fake passes. One time, I requested a uh, elbow behind the back, and he nailed it first try. Triano throws crazy passes pregame with Len. It's funny, uh, Jay, because uh, I mess with him about this when he comes off the floor. Um, he never passed the ball at all as a player. Like all he did was score <laughs> and he was a ridiculous, ridiculous scorer. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm finally getting all these passes out that I never got out on the court when I actually played. Um, but it, it's, it is fun to watch that. So uh, the team Canada is strong in, in Sacramento um, overall, like how would you grade the, the off season so far? We are looking at a lot of these deals. First of all, like confirmation, what we know, 
you know, again, the Duarte deal is like, yes, it, it's basically a done deal. We just don't know what the final like look will be. It might get tied into the, the Rashawn Holmes trade. It might not. All of this will become more clear in like the next, well, on, on the sixth, right. It'll become a lot more clear what's happened here. Uh, the team can't comment on some of these things until they're completely done. And, and that's until the moratorium's up. I'm kind of confused on how they were able to announce the uh, Harrison Barnes deal. Um, I, I don't know. To me, it just was very confusing that they were able to announce that. I know it's an extension, so maybe the extension was done before the start of the new calendar year. Um, that's yeah, possible. The renegotiate and extend is the type of deal that that takes place before the opening of free agency because that's also why James they're able to negotiate with Harrison the day after the finals end um, because you, all of your own free agents you're able to do that whereas you have to stay hands off on other teams which is just silly because all the conversations are going on anyway um, just no. all yeah. kinds of tampering there is all kinds of tampering if I if I had the list of names that I knew where they were going throughout the the last like five days it was stunning like holy cow how like there was an information superhighway out there uh this year and a lot of it was like spot on one guy after another going to where exactly where you thought they were going to go um can i ask you guys about that duarte deal just because i've seen people asking like worried like oh could this be a first rounder like we're talking if so the kings are sending something back it's very minimal right Oh, I think yeah, so. I'm not yeah. expecting it to be significant draft compensation, but right. it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, if it gets attached to a deal and you have to make other moving parts work. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, there's there's some uh, until we know we, we you know we don't all we know is that you know Duarte right now is coming to the Kings. So yeah, and the Kings have extra two thousand uh, two an extra second round pick in 23 and 25 and in 28 they cannot trade their 26 or 27 because of the herder trade uh because if somehow um it doesn't go in 24 25 or 26 it becomes a 26 and 27 second round pick uh so outside of that the kings have plenty of second round picks and that's why i kind of think that uh that we're gonna see uh, it, it'll be like something moderate like it'll be a second round pick as far as I can tell. Um, how would you grade? How would you grade the off season so far? Like, because I think it's interesting. Like I don't love doing grades, but Sean, you brought it up earlier. I, I wrote it last night. Um, in my opinion, uh, the way that they manipulated the cap so far and did all of the work that they did. I think the deals are, moderate i think the sabonis deal takes all the weight off the franchise moving forward because now you know you have your two stars locked up you also have keegan murray locked up you have kevin herter locked up you have harrison barnes and sasha vizenkov all of those guys are under three-year deals at least um and then you still have you know other people like trey lyles under a two-year deal you got malik monk for another year and potentially more you got davion mitchell for two more years but what do you guys grade them right now i mean i don't i i can't really do much more than much less than an a because when you look at if you're if you're if you're monty mcnair and you're setting out a wish list of what you want this offseason and and um you already wrote sasha vezenkoff as part of that you're factoring that in you're looking at 
Demonis Sabonis. And again, I said a minute ago, I think that's the biggest prize because, um, you know, that could have been an unrestricted free agent next year. So by virtue of just those two with respect to the others, uh, the other moves, they don't really don't matter. I mean, having having that take really just you add a piece like Duarte, you bring back Harrison Barnes on a very manageable deal that that isn't going to be an overpay like some of these other contracts are for a guy who really fits well with the system. Like that's a massive success. Now, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be some people that want to, you know, see the likes of Kyle Kuzma in a Kings jersey or go out and trade for OG Ananobi and sacrifice the future in a major way for a guy who will be a free agent in the very near future if they don't extend him. Um, there's, I, I just have a hard time looking at this and saying this is a disappointment. Now, I get it. I mean, fans want to see you build upon it, and, and I, I would argue that they did, but they also set themselves up nicely to be able to add to themselves in the in the near future. You know, maybe it's not free agency, which again, you're in Sacramento. You, you're not known for free agency. You don't, you don't lure in people. Trades are kind of where you make your most impact. Having some homegrown talent and re-signing people is, is the biggest thing. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is a, a big win for them, and I think they're going to feel very, very good about themselves going into uh, next season. But you look around at the landscape, man. The West has changed dramatically. And uh, the one thing I'll say about just kind of caution, and this is kind of a narrative that a lot of people throughout the league are talking about, is – you know the Kings aren't going to creep up on anybody uh, next year. Um, the, with even with the addition of a of a midseason tournament, we don't really kind of totally know what that looks like yet. But it will count towards wins and losses. Um, I don't think they're a team that anybody can take lightly. Probably won't see as many teams resting their their stars when they play the Kings. Uh, and hopefully they have the fortune of health like they did last year because that played a major major role. So even if they take a step back in the standings and i said this a few, uh, about a month ago you know i feel like they can still take a step back in the standings and be a more fortified unit uh, that can sustain some some a, a deeper run in the playoffs this upcoming season yeah i think the same i mean i'll go a little lower um i'm gonna go more b plus here just because i, I think that locking up domas is is obviously great but i think ideally maybe the guy wasn't out there um, but ideally you would have been able to upgrade that forward position starting next to Keegan. Like I, I do think that you're walking in next season at this current point um, with, you know, opportunity to do more before we actually get this started. But currently you still have a question of your backup wing um, and your wing defense has questions um, and your backup five. You have the same backup five that was there last year when you had backup five uh, issues. So I think there are definitely questions. Um, I think it makes me think that we're going to see more of like Herder at the three and maybe smaller lineups here, or maybe we do see some of that Trey and Sasha at kind of four or five. Maybe they're thinking of Trey at the five. Um, so I, I still do think there's questions. I think that you have a lot of the same questions that you had last season, and that's going to be part of the nature, obviously, of bringing a lot of the same guys back. Um, so can't be mad about these improvements to depth and um, in my mind, betting on internal improvement and locking up Domas long-term certainly can't be mad at, but I do think there's still questions and really just the same concerns as there was. Hilarious that I'm the optimist, but I mean, it, it also needs to point out and I know Brennan just did it, but I want to point it out again for so people hear it. It's July 2nd. You know, this is not a finished product and uh, off season's not done yet. 
plenty of off season yeah. to go. I think it could be done. And then I'm going to say that as far as like the cap stuff, I'm going to give Monty like an A plus. Like watching this was like a like a master class in in capology. I think it was absolutely stunning. It still is like they still have room to go out and do stuff. They can still add another like five to six million dollar player right now. That's crazy after everything that they've already done. I still think that we have some question marks as far as length and athleticism at the wing, like Blake Brennan brought up. But I also think that Chris Duarte can play the three without any problems. I think Kessler Edwards made very little sense as a move in the middle of the year for an inexperienced guy, but having him in your camp all summer long where he's been working out with De'Aaron Fox, like nonstop and working with your training staff and your coaching staff, like we could see him be a functional player this coming season. I think that the fact that you brought in Sasha Vazenkov that can play more than 15 to 18 minutes a night, he might be able to play more than that at the NBA level, allows you to use uh, Keegan Murray as your backup three behind Harrison Barnes. So, like, I think you have a lot of roster flexibility, you have a lot of like positional, you know, flexibility, guys that can play multiple spots where like Trey can play the four, the five. Uh, he can play the three, the four. Herder can play the two, the three. Duarte, the two, three. Kessler Edwards, the three, four. Harrison Barnes, the three, four. Uh, these are all good things for the Kings. I think we're going to see a, a team that can really flow, that they can switch in pieces in and out. And I think they're a lot deeper than last year, like already. And we don't know what the final touches will be here. But like if we're talking, if they do give Trey a legitimate shot to play small ball five, and be the backup center. I think that that's a better option than they had all last season. They just didn't really turn to it because they had so many other options. And it's difficult to take a guy and move him over to the five when you already have like four other dudes who are waiting in line trying to get minutes. And, and so that was, it was tough. I think this year, the way it's built, we'll probably see Trey Lyles open as a backup five. And, and if he knows that throughout this offseason, he can work with that in mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, and remember that Trey Lyles came into camp last year. He lost like 20 pounds, right? He, right. he was in phenomenal shape. He, and, and I expect him to do the same. And shout out to Trey Lyles. He got engaged, uh, I, what, last week, the week before? Um, yeah, yeah, a couple so of weeks back. Good things happening for Trey Lyles. Um, okay, uh, let's, let's ask like the weird question. Is there someone that they missed on? Because I look around at some of these deals that, that the other players were getting. I mean, we knew Josh Hart wasn't going to leave New York, and uh, I think he would have been a perfect fit, but I never even really included him in anything because I never thought he would leave. Um, the Jeremy Grant thing is just like absolutely no. ridiculous that you gave the dude 160 million bucks. The Kyle Kuzma thing, um, he was telling everybody, from what I know, that he was going to the Rockets, and then the Rockets decided to, well, they the Rockets landed Fred Van Bleet. And they chose Dylan Brooks over him. And so he goes back to Washington. I, you know what? If a guy is willing to go to a team who's going into a full rebuild and doesn't have any chance of being decent for the next like two or three years, and he chooses to go there over coming to Sacramento and playing for a winner, I, I think that tells you a lot about who that guy is. But do you think that there's something yeah. that, the, that the guys Kings going next? after paydays though? There's massive, massive paydays. You can't, can't begrudge a young guy going after a, a, his first major payday. You know what I mean? Yeah, like but I'm also going to say that. And, and I, it's not in Houston. Houston and Washington are both like they're both kind of in the same bad rebuild area. He gets to go play. He gets to stay in an area he knows coaching staff that he knows and play with Jordan Poole now. So 
I don't know. I don't I, like I would, I, I don't begrudge him getting the money, but that money was available, I believe, other places. And so again, like I, the Houston situation, man, you're going to play with like. He also gets to be a. Picks. He also gets to be a top, top option in both in both scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, the Washington Side. situation isn't isn't going to be great though for a while. I mean, I, I mean, maybe Jordan Poole looks great, maybe Trey Jones works out. I, I don't know. And I'm not begrudging a guy for taking money as much as I am like going somewhere where like it was easier, where you might have been able to go somewhere where you could have success and actually, you know, play for a winner. And he's not that young. Uh, well, anyway. I, part of me, part of me also thinks that they dodged a little bit of a bullet there, like having Harrison at 18, three years, some consistency there, some level-headedness, not not a guy who's trying to go out and get his, so to speak, I, I think might pay off a little bit better in, in this circumstance with the Kings. Yeah. No, I, I think it probably will. Uh, Brennan, do you think there's anyone they missed on? Not huge ones. You know, I think there's marginal guys that I liked that ended up going to other places, but it's hard to, like, really um say they missed on someone or anything like that like if you're talking like you know dwight powell is a backup five i would have been interested in three years 12 million to go back to dallas or like a jalen mcdaniels got four and a half million over two or annually over two years to go to toronto so i don't think there's big guys um i, I think throughout the course of free agency you actually got a pretty good idea of the value of Harrison Barnes's contract, you know, you can compare it to previous deals, but getting it to compare it to the same deal, sign that same free agency. Um, Barnes is, is a good deal. 18 million annually average is, is good value considering you look at some of the other guys around that range. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he is good value. Like, uh, and you know what, like we, we've brought this up so many times, but don't forget how much Harrison means to the locker room. I mean, Damana Sabonis literally said last year, he is the most professional player I've ever played with in my entire life. Like he he is the big the the pros pro. And that's that actually means something. It's something that you're you're trying to build when you're trying to build and, and you got some continuity. Like he's a guy that like look, maybe there is a point next season, maybe there's a point halfway through this season or or a year from now, two years from now, where he's not the same player. And he needs to take a lesser role. Harrison will take a lesser role. And so I think it's okay. It's it's one of those guys where um, we've always said, you need more Harrison Barnes on your team, not fewer Harrison Barnes. And it feels like the Kings keep stacking themselves up with players that are close to that level. You wish that they would have been able to go get one of those guys that are way higher level, but that just wasn't in the cards. And now you got two, basically you have two max money guys and it's going to be hard to do that. Um, like you can go get yourself another 25 to $30 million player, but going out and getting another 40, $50 million player that wipes out your cap flexibility and everything else going forward. Uh, I thought it was interesting too. I, I have the Kings, um, like as of right now, I think it's right around $144 million in salary, which is by far the most they've ever spent. Uh, they are nowhere near the luxury tax, which puts them in a good spot. I also have them for next season with Sabonis's money kicked in at like 147 million. And that's without Monk, uh, without Len and, and Dozier's money. Um, so, uh, and we still don't know what Jones or Slauson or Kata or Ellis are going to have as far as contracts. Um, let me think. Uh, I was going to 
the business of basketball, I had an idea for a question and now it might be slipping my mind. Um, okay. I think it has slipped my mind. I'll try to come back to it. No, I was, I was laughing cause I was like, that's a lot of business of basketball in the past hour. I think that kind of checked that box. It did, right? Like this whole this entire chat podcast. is pretty wild too, by the way. I, gotta, I must, I must say, it's. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't expect all that on a Sunday. <laughs> There's a lot of people. Actually, I think this is probably the most people we've ever had for a live show. Um, I think people are hiding out from the heat, uh, for sure. Uh, Everybody by name might be get, The heat might be getting <laughs> to some people out here. Oh yeah. Uh, by the way, I guess Lakers did a had a pretty magnificent free agency period, and so did Phoenix. Both of those teams well. killed it. Gabe Vincent yeah. for eleven million. I thought he was going to get paid more than that. Yeah, I, and I think he had. I think he had potential to to get paid more than that. But you know, coming back to California, playing with LeBron James in a situation that you're looking to compete. Um, you know, James was talking about you know guys who kind of chase the bag in a way, and like Kuzma, for example, and uh, a guy like Gabe who has really had a, you know, a journey, um, 33 million. I mean, he's, that's fantastic for him and, uh, play with LeBron and, and try and compete. I think that's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I think there might be part of him. It might be going, man, Toronto, I, I might've been able to talk to Toronto, especially after they lose Van Vliet and be a backup deal there, but strike when the iron's hot, right? Yeah. And, and then they of course got, uh, Dennis Schroeder. I thought that was an interesting deal. Ooh, overpay. Oh, yeah, yeah, way overpay. And and I actually thought they were going to break it up. Like it looked bad for them with Van Vliet leaving. And then they just bounced right back. Like, oh, no, we're just going to go this direction. And you're like, oh, OK, I'm not sure. The other team that I thought had a, a nice, quiet, but like pretty strong and still has potential to land Damian Lillard is the Heat. Um, you know, they went out and they got uh, they got. Uh, Thomas Bryant. Um, they added a couple of guys on like super, super bargain basement deals. And that's what happens when you're a really good team. The Kings haven't got to that point where everyone is just flocking to them because, you know, they're, they're a great team that's up and coming. Uh, but you know, if they, I would say this, if the Kings win again, uh, like they did last year and, and they build on last year, we'll probably see a little bit different feeling with regards to them next off season. Um, Okay. Uh, it, again, the business of basketball popped into my head and then popped back out. Um, what who, was your, what was your odd question? Um, oh, I can't remember now. Oh, geez. Uh, uh, well, let's just, just we'll just do. Yes. Yeah. Hangover. The, the fog. Uh, we'll just do <laughs> the business of basketball. Um, who is your biggest winner? Like overall? I mean, whether it's an individual or it's a team. Uh, Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> That's a good one. What was that? Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. I mean, like as an individual, I'd see say Jeremy Grant too. Although he now gets to play f- with a bunch of kids, right? So I don't know that that's going to be a lot of fun. I think unless they can turn that into gold. I think Milwaukee's one here um, because there was a lot of smoke around Brooke Lopez specifically going elsewhere. And I think that would have been a huge loss for them. Hard to replace. Um, got Chris Middleton back too. So I think that's huge for them. And Phoenix has got to be the one to me. Um, Drew Eubanks, Udawan Nabe, they just got Eric Gordon, Shemezi Metu's on the way over there. 
um, Damian Lee. I think there's one or two other guys I'm forgetting about as well here. Oh, uh, Kata Bates Diop is somebody I like. So they just were able to go and get, you know, a bunch of guys that I, I think can be your fourth or fifth starter with all the star talent they have there. I'd probably put the Lakers over the Suns in that in that comparison in terms of most impactful uh, free agency period. But I do like what Phoenix did. Yeah, I think Phoenix is interesting. They don't just blow me away. It, you know, like their their offseason didn't blow me away. Um, yeah, I you know, I don't know why we keep centering on the Lakers, but the Lakers just kept adding people like they always yeah. do. And I don't think we're done. I they think have to. Got... They have to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got you got you got LeBron and AD. You got it. I mean, they kept Reeves. You got they had to. They have to. They have to add to it. And that's if I'm the Kings, I'm very nervous about what the Lakers have have done uh and what other teams have done but particularly them because uh i mean that that team went pretty deep last year yeah and then um you guys brought up uh dario Saric. i heard dario Saric is going to the the warriors and he got uh, hurt getting there sorry yeah yeah but i'm sorry. yeah, yeah. i mean i talk about a team that like hasn't been able to add outside of bringing draymond back um, what's the most what's the most games he's played in the last five years Dario Sarch. Well, he missed a bunch of time with one major injury, didn't he? And he had trouble coming back. Didn't he? Did he pop his Achilles? I want to say he popped. He used his to be Achilles. really good, by the way. ACL. Yeah. Oh, it was an ACL. Okay. Yeah. yeah he, I thought. Didn't he play well for? Was it he with OKC for five minutes last year? Yeah. Twenty twenty game. No, what was it? Yeah. Now he games. played fifty seven games total. Fifty seven oh. games total last year between the two two teams, Phoenix and OKC. <laughs> 50 games year before that. Actually, the year before that, he had the ACL. 50 games before that, 66, 68, 13. Or sorry, 68 and 13. Add that together. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, not great. Um, okay, so uh, there are questions. Uh, number one, about uh, next next offseason, Malik Monk is a unrestricted free agent. Malik has, uh, he'll be an early bird exception candidate, uh, but you know, whether he makes more than that, the Kings aren't going to have cap space to spend and he won't have true Larry bird rights. So they can't go over the salary cap to give him whatever he wants. Um, so he would have to come back on a deal. That's roughly 13 million to start. He could sign a one-year deal with an opt out, um, for the next year. Well, he could sign a two-year deal, but only like one in one, uh, opt out and then have full Larry bird rights the next year. Um, I don't know what he'll get in free agency. We have no idea. And people were comparing him like Bruce Brown or something like that. Um, but like, I don't think he's going to get Bruce Brown money. Um, the MLE or maybe a little bit more Bryce is talking about uh, the MLE and the biannual. Um, you'd want him on the biannual because then you could still use your MLE. Um, but again, we're talking about a lot of money. The Kings are already, they've already spent a lot of money going forward. Um, are you guys excited to see Sasha? Oh Yeah. Definitely. You? Yeah, I don't know what he's going to be, but I think you got to see the be... NBA system for sure. Yeah, I, I think he's first of all, he's going to be able to get a shot. So I, I think that that's great. I think we've seen a lot of players like him come over and have success just as shooters and, uh, and super, super quick shot. And then he also has um, like, I think he's going to play extremely well off of Sabonis. He's a great cutter. Um. And then someone asked about the TPE. No, the Kings uh, decided to be a room team. They don't have the TPE. The TPE dissolved. It dissolved like the mid-level and the biannual exception in this year. 
um, if that makes sense. So if you guys are still in here, uh, give us a thumbs up. Um, How many we have so far? I don't know. We have, well, I don't know because I, you know, was doing that idiot move where I was playing it uh, on my laptop while, while we were uh, live. Like early only, on. only 125. That's all. Uh, 125 thumbs up. Come on. 128 people. now. Three people just jumped on. So 31. Oh, right. look at this. Yeah. See, when you it's ask like slot for machine. it, it is like, it's like a, we fed the beast. Um, okay. Uh, do we have any last second questions? Anything you guys want to know? Uh, I don't know. There's uh, is Sacramento done in free agency from Wendell. Um, no, n- no, but maybe, maybe like, like they don't <laughs> have a lot of roster space. So again, they could do something like not pick up DJ uh, PJ Dozier's uh, contract for next year. That would open up a roster space. Um, they could not bring in Namias Kata or, or Keon Ellis on a, on a regular contract that would open up space. I think they could in that scenario, we're talking about, what 13 roster spots um yeah let's see um what did we do with davion he's your backup point guard any word on Ubre? Ubre is sitting out there that's that's a guy who i thought would actually get more love by now but no uh he Meh. hasn't nah yeah Meh. no you guys don't love him uh well i just don't you- think he's he's obviously he's not a guy that's going to make a command a whole bunch of money either so um, there's, I will say this too. Like there, there are guys I've, I've kind of, you know, gave the eh to quite a bit. I think somebody like Christian Wood is, is one of those guys, but when you can get a guy like that at a much smaller number than you thought that they might get, all of a sudden they're a little bit more appealing, but overall, mm-hmm. I just still don't think, um, I wouldn't bet on one of those players having all that much of an impact on this team because they are pretty locked in with the rotations, but it is a long season. So uh, I think I'm a little bit more intrigued with someone like Christian Wood if you're you know, paying him under $5 million a year. Yeah. Um, and Annette keeps saying that Sean Larkin would like to play in the NBA this season. Okay. I have Shane Larkin. I'm sorry. Shane Larkin. Um, yep. When was the last time he played in the NBA? It's been a while. Um, Tory Craig. I like Tory Craig. He would be interesting, um, but I'm not super like at like who knows. I, I don't know if the Kings do they have another. Do you think they have another like rotation spot that they can even spare? To me, it looks they're so much deeper than last year, and I thought last year's team was pretty deep. So yeah, okay. I, I, I'm 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 kind of thinking about that because you know injuries play a huge role. Um, and you know you're betting on somebody you're betting on all these guys to make these big step forwards again as if they're going to just progress by osmosis but you know it's very possible that somebody like Harrison Barnes, Trey Lyles have a great decline to where they're out of a not not maybe Barnes out of the rotation but maybe Lyles isn't an everyday player um just throwing that out there because you know sometimes that happens um i i wouldn't bet on that though i think he's got a pretty good upward trajectory but is there somebody else, you know, does, does, does Vezenkov not fit at all and, and just kind of taper off and have to be a, a role player um, or, a, or play a different role than what one that they imagine? Um, or does this style not fit a system for like for him, or this would be a hard to believe one, but it does Duarte just not, you know, factor at all. Uh, I, I don't think that would be the case, but we'll, We'll see a lot of, I mean, that's why they play the games, right? There's going to be a lot of, uh, 
a lot of rotations and got you you'll have numbers and analytics on what five work best together and obviously you want to play those five so we'll see hmm. yeah I've, I've come around to thinking that pj is that backup or that third string point guard um i still think you could use depth at the three and that's me functioning as kind of thinking that lyles and sasha are really just fours and maybe a little bit of five there for lyles but not really playing the three so i think you could use more depth there um and then the five is the place that stands out to me so I think Tory Gregg is a guy that I really like and mentioned some of the names earlier for, for backup center. Like I would really like Cody Zeller who just ended up, uh, forget exactly where he just went, but he went somewhere. Um, so yeah, I think a, a backup three or a backup five would still make sense, but wouldn't be all that surprised if this was it. Yeah. And people are asking about miles bridges. I don't think that the Kings are going to touch miles bridges. Uh, like he's, he's going to try to reclimate his career, his career somewhere. He opted in, next year, right? Yeah, he opted in. Well, he opted in. Well, he took the. Uh, that's it. Wasn't a great sign either. I mean, that's not a, a great look, right? Um, yeah, he took the qualifying offer of eight point seven million, I think, um, which they can rescind at any time as well. Uh, so yeah, he's he took the qualifying offer, and that's. Um, but then, if I'm not mistaken, if you do that, <laughs> like you have to give the team. <laughs> what sorry i'm laughing at charlie uh his Same. his comment that was that was quite good <laughs> all right <laughs> okay um yeah if i'm not if i'm not mistaken with uh with bridges is he has to okay at least in the old cba he would have to okay a trade because his larry bird rights die on the buying in that trade um so yeah i'm not sure what's gonna happen there that that's a mess uh, have you guys seen, uh, Chris Duarte and, uh, Slauson and Colby Jones standing next to each other yet? Is there really three of them or is it just one player? Oh, are we doing this? They, they look very like, like play build and everything else. Col- Colby and Jalen look like they could have been related. Yeah. Yeah. They look like they're cousins. Uh, Dorte, I wouldn't fit in that, uh, in that group, but I, we'll I can see. see when people, I also saw, um, people hoping that 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 Slauson and Colby play together a lot because in some form or fashion because I think they like the coleslaw nickname which it's I didn't amazing. like but what yeah. <laughs> I, don't even like that. I don't even like coleslaw but that's a great nickname but that's probably that's why great, I don't like coleslaw that's a either. great that's a great nickname great? uh yes great though great great phenomenal um, uh I, that's that's amazing that's I amazing. did talk to Sean Miller though and he thinks like Mike Brown, he thinks he's going to be the perfect player like in this system. Now, whether or not that comes, but like talked about how just how high they were on him, how much they scouted him. Um, Colby, some of the things, yeah, Colby Jones, what and what yeah. he can do is, um, if if you were looking at any kind of needing any kind of fuel to make you feel better about Colby Jones or really get to like Sean Miller was, I mean, <laughs> he's just raving about him, man. Really impressive. Yeah. Um, I- I think it's it's interesting because you could look at Duarte as a bridge to get you to uh, Colby Miller, like to the point where he can actually play Colby Jones. Yeah, I mean Colby Jones. I'm sorry. So so if there's a possibility for uh, for Duarte to play out this season, his uh, his team option next year is for five point nine million. Um, I think you already have to pick that up, but it's it's a lot. So, uh, like, I, I would think that the Kings would have to look twice and go, okay, do we already have that player that's coming up behind this player? You know, do we have some a player that might actually work? 
Um, and then someone asks, uh, are they broadcasting California Classic games? I believe they're on NBA TV. Uh, I know and, some games are on ESPN. Okay, and then I saw today, maybe they are on ESPN. I saw today that uh, the first two games on Monday will be Kyle Draper uh, calling, doing play-by-play with Morgan Reagan as the color on the first two games uh, as the analyst. And then Matt Barnes as the analyst on game three. And then all three games on Wednesday. Is that what it is? Wednesday. Uh, yeah, will be uh, will be Draper and Matt Barnes. So just so everyone has that written down, that's that's who's calling the games. Uh, are you guys uh, again? I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to get out there. Uh, are you guys going to Vegas? Yeah, I'll be Friday through Friday. So. Uh... Oof. Uh, the seventh through the fourteenth. I'm doing seventh to the twelfth. Uh, three of the four games. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna make sure that Brendan experiences Vegas. Let's do it, Sean. <laughs> I, I am not going to Vegas because I hate Vegas. But um, and I just got back from vacation. I got too much stuff going on. I will say, going on. Anytime I find myself complaining about the heat here, I'm like, damn, I'm about to be in Vegas. This is. Oh no, it's been what two days of 100 degree weather cool it with the hating of weather in here like Sean, just went Sean, a, Sean yes. you're not telling but, me to stop hating weather right now yeah. well, I'm just saying I'm just saying stop don't it. complain about the hot weather right now if you want to you know complain about the rain and all that garbage we just had no. enjoy this this is fantastic this is summer I love it I'm fine yeah. with the rain the hot weather no no stop it well the super <laughs> the super hot weather um right now my house is 102 um yeah that means it's like 108 down in sack Oof. yeah um okay so let's finish up uh do you guys have any final thoughts brendon um not really just nothing up there there's nothing going on um <laughs> the dame situation <laughs> will be interesting i got nothing guys i got nothing the I'm hamster is sleeping more on the, the wheel yeah no final thoughts final thoughts so are non-existent <laughs> sean what do you got uh i was kind of thrilled to see camilla duvall going to an all-star game if you're a giants fan like me that's uh, pretty cool to see i'm going to halsey tonight how about that uh she's right up i don't know if you can see that she's right up there okay where's that at right there behind me uh it's be up at oh just dropped you guys uh that's up at the what is it hard rock oh thing okay so yeah, get a concert. That'll be great. Right before California Classic and then off to Vegas. So busy couple weeks, but uh, looking forward to it and hoping, hoping we're able to do a bunch more of uh, of these in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. What uh, is, Hal- is a Halsey's? Toby, sir, you are on the computer. There's a thing called Google, sir. Just go ahead and take a look at it. You'll be very happy you did. <laughs> that's that's funny. Um, uh, big plans for the fourth? Uh maybe i don't know there'll there'll is be a the cold beverage in my someone got the ice cream in there yeah so I don't it know sounded that like <laughs> <laughs> we'll see it sounds pretty good right now jeeves jeeves toby's a jeeves man i get it i get uh, it all right um so no plans for the fourth what's going on no 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 i don't know you guys can know. come up and hang out on the boat all night we just, just i hope people uh lake. yeah dogs will be going crazy in the neighborhoods i know that oh yeah yeah. All right. 
Um, okay. Uh, final thoughts from James. Um, go on vacation. Number one, everyone get out, go try to enjoy yourself. Uh, number two, uh, don't get in the river, especially on the 4th of July. Uh, that I'm just going to keep saying that, um, try to stay cool, uh, some other way. Um, uh, I don't really have anything. Uh, I'm no excited to show tale. up. Um, no, no, we, we had a good time. Uh, it was a good week of, of rest and relaxation, family time. Uh, a lot of time with the, the boys. My youngest has ridiculous catchphrases, which, uh, he uses all day long every day. He's at that age. Give me uh, one. Um, no, I, I, I probably, uh, I, I can't cause most of them okay. are inappropriate. Yeah. He has catchphrases that are like, uh, that he repeats all, all day long. Uh, maybe after we get off the, the live stream, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, one or two. This but... is the internet, James, or nothing's inappropriate here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for California classic. I think it's going to be a blast. Hopefully everyone, uh, in the chat here is going to be out there. Um, it should be a great time. Uh, lots of fun, really bad basketball. Uh, but we'll get to hang out, uh, as a group here and, uh, you know, catch up with all of our friends for the week. So I think that's going to do it. Uh, if you're still watching here on the, on the stream, give us a thumbs up. That would be appreciated. Yeah, please uh, give us a thumbs up. <laughs> subscribe. Nice uh, let's see. Uh, giving us a rate, give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, jump on board with the King's Beat. Go to thekingsbeat.com, become a premium subscriber, support everything we do here, and uh, we'll see you very soon. So for Fox 40, Sean Cunningham, and Randy Nunes from the King's Pulse Podcast, I am Jay Tam, King's Insider for ESPN 1320, and the King's Beat. We'll see you later this week. <laughs>